We've been on a series this month entitled, Thank God. Thanking God, talking about what Thanksgiving and, and the power that's in Thanksgiving. Um, a couple things that I've, I think I've said in, in every service, um, but I'm going to really drill this home today as we, as we look at this and, and talk about it, that you can thank God out of anything in your life into anything that you believe he wants you to get into or, or go into. I don't care what it is, in, in any way, shape, or form. You can thank your way into, out of things that are not good, and into things that God has for you, no matter what it is. In uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, and we've read this verse of Scripture, 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 18, it says, in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you, in everything. Um, this thankfulness attitude is an all-the-time thing. It's going to take 100% commitment in your life to see results. A hundred percent commitment. And the deal with that is, you're not going to go from being a complainer one day to being a thanker the next. It's a process. And every day, every month, every year, you should get better and better and better at living a life of thanksgiving and not a life of complaining. You're either going to be thankful or you're not. But to see results that thanksgiving produces, as we're going to read in several verses of Scripture today, to get results, it's an all-the-time thing. All the time. That passage of Scripture in 1 Thessalonians 5, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ for you. God's will for you is to have a thankful heart and to give thanks all the time. Now, I made this point, in, I think, in the first message that we, we don't thank God for everything. We thank God for Him and His greatness in everything. There's a huge difference. And the more you understand that concept right there the more you will you'll process and understand how that nothing bad in life was intended for you. God did not create you for bad circumstances. He's a good God. Everybody say, God is good. He's good all the time because there's nothing else but good in him. And actually, it's not just good in him. He's just good in general. He's just good in every way. And that's what we learn to thank him for. We learn to thank, we learn to have thanksgiving totally centered around his greatness. Every day, 
everybody sitting in here has negative experiences that you will face every single day. You have negative relationships. There are certain people that you avoid and you dodge and you don't want to be around. There are certain people that you don't like. There are certain people that you've developed an attitude toward in your life in different ways. Everybody's that way. I don't care who you are. And don't tell me that's not true. You're lying. Because, it, because if you live in this world, you're going to have some stuff. And actually, the more thankful you get, the more of that negative stuff will try to come around you. That's why you have to understand what it means to live and operate in thanksgiving. To be a thankful person. So, today I, I want to read our two foundational scriptures. And as I was reading them myself this week, I saw something that, regarding one of them, that um, will kind of set the tone for the rest of the message today. First, in, uh, we're going to look at 1 Corinthians 15. In verse 57. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14 pretty much says the same thing. But it says it a little bit different, and there's something I saw in this verse just this week. Now, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. Everybody say, He always. Okay? He always leads us. He didn't, talk any, he didn't say anything in here about that He led you. He always leads us into triumph. So what does is, what is always leads us refer to? Right now and the future. So right now is a good opportunity to begin to thank him for today and in the future healing in your body. Thank him right now. Come on, let's thank him. Let's thank him. Come on, let's get active in this today. It's, it's important. Begin to thank him for today and the future healing in our bodies. See, because he always leads me into triumph. So that's present and future. How many believe that there's some money out there making its way to you today? Amen? <clears throat> he always leads us in triumph in more money today and in the future. How, how many can thank him for it today? See, but it has to be an all-the-time thing. God, I thank you for it. I thank you. But see, my thanking him is for how great he is, and the only way I can know how great God is, it's not enough for somebody to tell me that. I've got to see it in the word. His greatness, his greatness is tied to his promises. So I'm acknowledging that he says specific things. 1 Peter 2.24 says that by his stripes, Jesus' stripes, I was healed. When? Back then. 
If I'm healed then because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, if I was healed then, then I'm healed now and in the future because he's already done it. See, so I can thank him. God, I thank you today that I'm, I'm the healed. I don't care what I feel like in my body. I don't care what's come against my physical body. Today I rejoice and I thank you that I'm the healed in Christ. I thank you. But it's an all-the-time thing because it's developing a mindset. When I was young, maybe some other people can relate to this, but when I was young, sickness was a friend. Because when I was young and I was sick, I could stay home from school. And that friend got me a lot of things I wanted. Like a blanket. I could lay on the couch. The rest of my siblings had gone off to school and I'm at home. Mom would make some soup. Eat some crackers, watch the Brady Bunch. <clears throat> it was a friend. Sickness was a friend. And actually, it became, it, it became a good friend because it got me attention that I didn't get other places. Well, because you had bad parents? No, they were good. I mean, I used to think they were not so good, but they're, you know, they fed me. I'm here, right? Hey, beyond that, everybody's dysfunctional. <clears throat> Sorry. <clears throat> you, can't, you can't hold on to that, baby. You can't, you can't draw from that. No, it's because I got attention. Everybody's seeking attention. So what happened with me was, when I was, uh, right before my 18th birthday, I got born again. And from that day on, I had to reprogram my thinking. I had to get rid of sickness being a friend and realizing sickness is an enemy. And it has no place in me. It has no right to work in me, but it has to be an all-the-time thing of thanking God that I'm the healed and I can't use the symptoms for attention. Because see, there's a lot of people in big boy and girl bodies that never reprogrammed their minds from when they were little kids. I'm just saying, if you don't reprogram and you stay that way, then you're going to stay sick. But we have an example found in Romans chapter 4. We have an example. Actually, he's our father of the faith. Our heavenly father called Abraham our father of faith. We needed an earthly example before Jesus came to show us what it was like to live by faith. And he's our example. And he made some horrible mistakes. Horrible. Horrible. If I could have just lived in that day, you know what I'm saying? No. He made some horrible mistakes. But you get to the New Testament, 
<laughs> blood of Jesus wiped all that out. Why, why would we spend time focusing on his negative things when we can look at what he actually did? Yeah, we need to be reminded. It took him 25 years. Yeah, he had to get rid of some lying and some cheating and some issues, you know, with the flesh and all these kind of things. He had to get rid of some stuff in his life. Who doesn't? But what he was willing to do was reprogram. We don't reprogram, then we stay the same. And you know what? Two things that is God's will according to uh, 3 John verse 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. If you don't reprogram, then you stay sick and poor. You stay sick and poor. I mean, that's just, that's just the American way. It's the world way. It's the godless way. You stay sick and you stay poor. And isn't it funny? The whole world is looking for health and healing. And the whole world is looking for prosperity. And yet, it's found in Christ. If you learn his way of doing it. His way of doing and being right concerning his kingdom and his operation is what you and I have to reprogram and tap into. Romans chapter 4 tells us, gives us a couple things to look at. In verse 17. Verse 17 is literally the key. Verse 17 is the key to how you implement this on a daily basis. And this is what he did. When he saw things that weren't a certain way, he complained at different times. He called things that were as though they were for a long period of time. And then over time, as he learned about God, he began to do what verse 17 says. Verse 17 says this. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed. He believed in him. God who gives, he believed in God. Who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Who calls the evidence of sickness, health and healing, when it still looks like sickness. And you can't deny the fact that there are symptoms in your body. I can't tell you how many experiences that I've had through the years where my body has been attacked. And every time, every time that I've been attacked in my body, and I just sat down and took it, it took weeks and months to get rid of it. But when my body got attacked, not denying the symptoms, if you got a 102 temperature, don't be coughing on somebody else. <laughs> well, but I'm believing I'm healed. Well, that's fine for you and your family, but don't be putting your stuff on someone else. See? And, and even, if you're, even if you've come to the place where you're not calling that your stuff, there's still the evidence of things because the thermometer said you have 102. So that means there's something working against your body. What I'm doing is not denying the symptoms. I'm denying the right for the symptoms to remain. 
That's what Abraham did. He called those things which be not as though they were, and then they were. Now notice this. Where did I go? There it is. Verse 18. Who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. Watch. So shall Bert Wimberly be. Wow, I'm in there. Do you see that in there? Do you see that my name in there? No, it's your name. So shall Randy Wagner be. Right? So shall Joey Johnson be. And on and on and on and on. So shall you be, because that's what the Word says. The Word said here, so shall his descendants be, because he believed God. Now, I'm going to believe God the way my father Abraham believed God, and the same thing will happen with me that happened with him so that other people can believe that there's really a God because they're not going to believe there's really a God unless it's working with you. And I'm telling you in this series, you'll never get there if you don't develop an attitude and a mindset and become transformed into the benefit of thanking God all the time, 24-7, 365 days a year for the rest of your life to reprogram that chicken soup mentality of sitting on the couch with the covers, taking that sickness in, and watching the Brady Bunch. Wow, what a day. got to reprogram you got to get it out because it won't just go away notice what happened with him so it says he did this for us verse 19 and not being weak in faith not being weak in faith he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old And the deadness of Sarah's womb, who's about 90 years old, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, doing what? Those next four words, the giving glory to God, let's say that together three times. Giving glory to God. Giving glory to God. Say it again. Giving glory to God. One more time. Giving glory to God. I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to show you in a verse of Scripture I'm going to read in a moment. Giving glory to God is thanking God. Giving glory to God, this is what he did, thanking God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was able to perform it. That what God had promised him, he was able to perform. Your healing, your prosperity, and any other manifestation that you need in life You have to become fully convinced. And the only way, it says, he gave glory to God, he gave thanks to God, and it produced this assurance, this absolute assurance that what God had promised, he's able to perform. Because I'm telling you, there are all kinds of voices out there today want to convince you that God can't come through 
with what he's promised. And that's a lie. God will always come through. You can thank your way out of and into anything in life. So, just an example. So, let's say you're not seeing a symptom in your body leave. Okay? How difficult is this right here? Let's just say, um, let's say you got a pain in your shoulder. Okay? Tell me how difficult this is. Okay? So, I'm talking to God. I have a pain in my shoulder, and I'm talking to God. Father? My shoulder hurts. I have pain. Your word says that Jesus took my pain. Isaiah 53 said he took my pain. But I still feel the pain. So the pain that is there, I'm choosing to not be moved by. I feel it and it hurts. But I'm choosing to not be moved by it. So Lord, I'm calling the pain in my shoulder gone now in the name of Jesus. I call it gone. I'm calling that thing that... That is not, because it's hurting, as though it is not hurting. And right now, Lord, I'm thanking you that I can do it, and I'm thanking you that you are faithful to your word in Jesus' name. Was that difficult? I mean, was that spiritual enough? That's just Texas lingo, right? God's a Texan. Because hmm? he's about big things, and Texas is big, so he's got to be a Texan. Uh, I'm sure when we see him face to face, he'll have a hat kind of cocked. Cowboy hat. No. I mean, he, he, it's just plain and simple. I'm calling that that isn't the way I want it as though it is that way, and then I'm going to thank him for it until it's that way. Listen to me. The more instantaneous things you desire to see, the more endurance that you, you have to obtain. That you will not quit declaring and speaking. Now, what happens a lot of times, because we have the wisdom of God, a lot of times you may be speaking something like that and just inside of you, you know. You know what? You need to go have somebody adjust that. You know, you just get that sense. You know, I'm, I'm just going to go have it adjusted. Well, then you're not in faith. Who said that? Where did it say in the Word that it was not in faith by having something adjusted? I didn't say do that every single time. I'm just saying there's times when you should do that. You ever had something that attacked your body and, 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 and you're feeling a certain way and you don't know what it is? I don't know about you. I want to know what I'm dealing with. I don't want to shoot a bunch of scriptures out at something that's not even there. So you may need to go to a doctor or, or some health professional and find out something that you're, that's going on so you know what to do and then do what God shows you to do. Take people's advice. Take doctor's advice and those kind of things. But at the end of the day, Dr. Jesus is the true doctor. And he'll show you the pathway to your wholeness and your health and your deliverance. Because what it takes is... How are you in faith in something? Not how, oh, oh, this is happening and I'm afraid and i got to be in faith. You'll never be in faith that way. Never. Never. 
Because what you're calling, what you're saying, you're, you're calling the thing, the fear that's, in your, that's on your life in that moment, you're calling that as though it is. I know I need to be in faith, but I'm afraid. Okay? So you need to go get natural help and do everything you need to do, but all along, keep meditating on the Word and practice speaking things like I'm telling you. You say, yeah, but, but is that spiritual to practice? Okay, God, your word says, did he tell us to put him in remembrance of what his word says? Okay, okay, God, your word says that by the stripes of Jesus, I was healed. Jesus took my pain. I feel pain, okay? But Lord, I'm acknowledging today, I want to believe. And, and was there a prayer prayed that, Lord, I want to believe, but help my unbelief. Was there a prayer prayed like that? Is that a faithless prayer? Absolutely not. Not when you're going, God knows what you think. God wants you to be honest with yourself. Listen, in this world of faith, we've got to be honest with what is faith and what isn't so we can develop into faith and see miracles happen and mountains moved and situations changed. We have to. Can you say amen to that? So, <clears throat> look at Luke. I want you to be prepared. I've got this passage right here I want to look at, and then one more verse. And with that one verse, we're going to do something today. So get your heart ready. Get your heart ready. Get yourself prepared for what we're going to do today. Did I tell you where to go? Luke 17 and verse There's something here that I think, and, and all I base this on is, is the church world that I know. I know a lot of people from one end of this country to the other, all around the planet. I have lots of friends, a lot, lot of connections, you know, in a lot of different places. But in the world of the church that I know, there's, well, what I'm talking to you about today, there's just... There's, there's some little bitty elements at times that just are missing or need to be tweaked a little bit. And I'm sure in my life too, I'm, I'm just, I'm basing this on revelation that God's given me, so I'm giving it to you. You have to take it and you have to download it and process it yourself. But I, I, I really am excited about the church around the world because the church of Jesus Christ has more revelation today than it's ever had. But you always have to tweak it. I've been, I've been after the things of God and in this life for over 41 years. And so I've got some things. I have some revelation and understanding because I've stayed with it and I've applied what I've had. And I've grown in understanding and revelation. So what I'm sharing with you today is just something I see. I didn't say I see it all. I'm not saying that other people don't have things that I need the same way. But what I'm saying to you today is, there's something about this and in this story that I, that I saw as I was reading this that I really believe if you'll grab a hold of this today, 
and I'm going to pray for you at the end of the service, and some of you that will, you, you may come and stand up front here with me, and I'm going to pray with you, and, and, and we're going to agree today. But there's, there's an element here that has to do with being lazy where our faith is concerned. And you know, I mean, you know me, I, I just cut to the chase. I'm, you don't need to dance around and use a pretty word called lazy. We're just going to say lazy, you know, okay? We've all been, myself included, we've all been lazy at times where faith is concerned. And there's something about this story that is really, really powerful that, I, that I, my prayer is that you grab this today. Verse 11. Now it happened as he went, Jesus, to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst, the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men. He's walking through the village, and ten men, about maybe over by the back door, by the exit sign back there, they're standing afar off. Why? Because they got sin. At least that's what the world in that day thought of lepers. You have sin in your life, and uh, you've got this stuff on you, and, and you can't get it off. And you can't fellowship with anybody else, and most people would reject a leper. So they're standing, like, back by the exit sign over there because they're not sure that Jesus is going to accept them. <clears throat> Where did I go? Here it is. They stood afar off, right? And they, and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Lepers were a sight, especially in those days. I guess it's as bad. I've seen pictures of leprosy in, in, in what they considered it would look like in those days versus today. It was like three times as bad. Have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, be healed. Nobody said. Go show yourself to the priest. What? No, no, have mercy on us. Heal us. Go show yourself to the priest. Watch this. And so it was... As they went, they were healed. Let me tell you this. For them, for, for, for them to go to the priests, they could be killed. Because the priests wanted nothing to do with them. What was Jesus looking for? I want you to have some faith in what I'm telling you to do. As they went, so they must have all went, right? So as they went, they were healed, cleansed. And one of them, one of the ten, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice did what? Glory to God, fell on, down on his, on his face at his feet giving thanks, giving him thanks, for he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? 
Were there not any found who returned to give glory or thanks? You see the, you see the illustration there and the, the, the defining of what giving glory is. It's giving thanks. Was there not any except you? Were there, were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way, your faith has made you well. Now, I don't have a lot of time to spend on this today, but this is what I'm tying together. Giving thanks and developed faith go hand in hand. And giving thanks is an all-the-time thing. It's the will of God for your life to give thanks always, and what it's doing is reprogramming your mind not to think the negative of people, not to think the worst of every situation, but thanking God in given situations with promises that He gives you in the moment. If I'm in a financial strait and I'm wanting to declare the Word of God, I'm not going to declare by His stripes I'm healed. And God's not going to give me that. That's why this year, in 2018, that's why we spent so much time talking about the voices in the world and the voice of God. Because without being able to hear the voice of God about things that you need, you will the voices, all the other voices that are in the world will override the voice of God and you will not be able to draw from it because you're not listening specifically for what you need in the moment. You may have victory over here, but you're not getting victory in this place right here because you're not hearing what he wants you to begin to declare out of your mouth. Remember the thing about the pain? Father, Isaiah 53 says that you took my pain. Jesus took my pain upon himself, and by his stripes, I'm healed. I'm acknowledging that today. Why? Because that's what God gave me in the moment. And I'm declaring today that even though the pain is not gone, I still feel the pain, I declare it has no right to remain in my body. I declare today I'm healed, and I thank you for it in the name of Jesus. And then you have to continue to thank him. Every time you move your shoulder and there's pain, no, Lord, I thank you. By the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. Remember, we're not denying the fact that it hurts. We're denying the pain the right to remain. And that's the power that comes from the Word of God. That, by, by our words are we justified. By our words are we condemned. Di death and life are in the power of what we say. Whether we see results or we don't, it depends on what comes out of our mouth. And if you're always complaining, you're going to get complaining results. But here's the thing about that one. And this is what I know for a fact. And the last verse I'm going to give you today is how you accomplish what we're talking about. But the thing that that one leper had that was a leper and became free. And you know, I just have to think 
that those other nine, they lost it. See, because it says, as they were going, they were cleansed. Right? And they did what he said. It was Jesus' faith that caused it to start. It's Jesus' faith that's caused everything in your and my life to start. But it's going to take our faith in the fact that he did what he said for us to maintain and be who he created us to be. Not my faith in me. My faith in the fact that what he promised, he is able to perform it. And we have a living, fleshly example, and that's our father Abraham. He did it, so can I. And he did it for his descendants. Hmm? He did it for his grandson, Bert. And on and on. He did it for us. We can do this. But it's an all-the-time thing. Every minute of every day, every word that comes out of your mouth needs to be in a thankful form or else. And you will not go from complainer to thanker overnight. And you will not become a person of gratefulness and thanksgiving unless you practice it every single opportunity that you have, like before you leave here today. Like as you're sitting there right now. Like as you're convicted by the Holy Spirit right now. Conviction's a great thing. Conviction is not condemnation. Condemnation pulls you down. Conviction liberates you. It'll set you free. I mean, it will deliver you. When the convicting power of the Holy Spirit tells you to do something and you do it, and then you know what happens? You get delivered of being lazy in faith. Yeah, Jesus did it for us, and our faith is in that. But I've got to develop my faith, my personal faith, in how awesome that he is. And I have to do it exactly how he's instructing us to do it today in his word. Now, the last verse I have is found in Ephesians 5.20. Ephesians 5 and verse I'm going to come down on the floor. <clears throat> Ephesians 5 and 20. Giving thanks how often? Always. For how many things? All things. To God. In other words, not thanking him for everything, but thanking all, all things that we face, thanking God for being God. Thanking him for his promises. And how do we do it? That's what we do. But how do we do it? In the name of Jesus Christ. I mean, we have, we have to, I mean, this is, this, is, um, this is faith 
101-21. This is one of the faith 101s, but there's about 150 of them. But this is a real important one. That giving thanks always, no matter what, but in the name of Jesus. And how do you start? With the thing that you're thinking about based on what I'm preaching today, what you're thinking about right now, that's where you start. God doesn't expect you to work on 15 things at once, just one at a time. Everybody hold up one, just one, just one thing. Begin to thank him for one thing. I mean, and, and you say, you know, why should I invest my energy in doing that right there? Because you want to get to know God. When you begin to thank God, you begin to know him. And you begin to know who he is and how he operates. And then you begin to live your life not dependent on anything else. Listen, then no one else in, on planet Earth can, can affect the way you make decisions, not anybody. Not how much money you have, not the job you work, not the people around you. Nobody will affect what happens in your life but God alone. And that will not happen in you unless you become a person that desires always to give thanks in the name of Jesus. You say amen? So today, I have this challenge and I'm going to give it to you. And... I, I, I've, the, where this challenge has come from for you is in my prayer time for you over the last, I don't know, several months. Over the last several months, I've been in daily prayer for wisdom and understanding to open up in you. You, you realize I can't pray that something be fixed in your life, but what I can pray is that your eyes, your spiritual eyes can be opened up to where you can hear God, you can see the things God wants you to see and do, and then you'll do them. And that's been my prayer for every one of you. And what you haven't seen manifested that you've been believing God for this year, I'm not even, my my mind is not on 2019 other than the vision that God has given me for this church that I'm preparing and getting ready for when we do our vision Sunday. Actually, the whole month of January after Word First will be our vision month where we're talking vision. But other than that, I'm just thinking about right now. Right now. And you can miss some of the great things that God has for you when you're looking out there. When you're looking too far that way and you're looking too far back that way, you can miss what God wants to do in your life right now, right now. 